You're listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number 493. Hello and welcome back to The Outdoors Station, producers of the longest-running outdoors podcasts on the internet for the self-powered lover of the great outdoors. With only six more to go before the big 500, this means there's a massive back catalogue of audio diaries and interviews with enthusiasts and celebrities alike, all related to self-powered travel. I'm your host, Bob Cartwright, and here at the Outdoors Station, we like to share adventures and experiences with all kinds of people. In the most recent podcasts, you will have heard me talk with Carl and Ellie regarding their 4,000-kilometre hikes around Ireland, with Katie Jane Endurance and her 600-kilometre traverse of Iceland, Jenny Davis regarding her Antarctic record attempt, and Katie Tun with her 82-island challenge, to name but a few. However, in talking with these fascinating guests and others like them, we sometimes forget that everyone has to start their outdoors journey somewhere. Let's face it, it's easy to get carried away in the excitement of all these bigger adventures, longer hikes, more challenging terrain and so on. However, for many people listening to this, just getting out of the office for a walk in nature with no technology pinging every two minutes desperate for your attention is a major challenge in itself. Which is why today we've taken a moment to slow down and explore a more simple approach with Zoe Holmes, an Ordnance Survey Get Outdoors champion, owner of Spod's Blogs and creator of the hashtag One Hour Outside idea. Something she started four years ago to challenge herself and others in a similar situation to do just that. Of course, all the links to her and everything we discuss can be found over on the show notes, theoutdoorstation.co.uk. So I arranged to meet up with Zoe at Pitville Park in Cheltenham to spend an hour outside with her discussing the project in more detail. One hour outside is my personal challenge, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. Um, lots of people have called it campaign, but I don't think it's quite that big yet. Um, but yeah, one hour outside is basically a challenge where I try and spend at least one hour outside every single day, regardless of the day, the date, the time, what else I'm doing, whatever the weather's doing. Um, really, to, because such things are good habits and they're good for um, body, mind, soul, um, they help me make decisions, um, they help my stress levels reduce, they certainly help with anxious thoughts and other things. And uh, yeah, so it's as simple as that. One hour outside every day. And how long ago did you start this? I reckon one hour outside is probably about four years old. It, uh, it all started with a, a, a meeting that I had with Ordnance Survey. Um, they invited a few bloggers to attend um, a little day that they were having um, and uh, they introduced some stats to us basically to talk about how little people spent outside, how little time people spent outside each day. And I found that shocking. Actually, I spat my tea out at one point because they explained that most people, um, if they need to go to the shop or to school or to work, or whatever it is, and it was going to take them more than 15 minutes to walk there, then they would think that was too far and they would get in the car. And uh, I kind of had a look around and I thought about, 
you know, what I did and uh, where I went and what my daily habits were. And I realised that actually, although I wouldn't have got in the car for more than uh, for a sort of a 15 minute walk, I'm not very good at spending a lot of time outside on a normal day. I'll go out on the weekend and I'll hike up a big hill or I'll go swimming or I'll do something fun like that. But actually in the week don't really spend that much time outside and and it was kind of a wake-up call to myself and I thought okay I can I can make myself accountable to that I can I can improve on that I can spend an hour outside every day it'd be easy peasy no problem at all but yeah so that's where it started um and since then it's become um kind of a, a daily personal challenge for me and then also an opportunity for me to reach out to others and encourage them also to spend a little bit of time outside every day as I understand it, you work in an office and you've approached your colleagues and did you discuss with them the, their approach to the 15-minute to the walk? Was it, was it as bad as you assumed? <laughs> um, not my current colleagues. I've, I've changed jobs since then, but certainly when I got back to work after that, um, after being introduced to those stats I certainly chatted with my colleagues then and also my family and I realized that yeah most people are that that is how we are as a as a culture even um it's very easy for us not to go out it's very easy for us to eat our sandwiches rushed at our desks it's very easy for us um to jump in the car and go to work even when it might only take us 20 minutes to walk there normally um and because that's that's just the the culture of busyness and even lethargy that we're in these days um and at the time it, it i realized that yeah this is this research is true and oh okay um so yeah come join me come come out at lunchtime let's go to the park let's go for a walk let's have an ice cream let's have a coffee and uh, and i'm very pleased to say that um my current colleagues are actually very good at coming with me, um, which is lovely uh, to, you know, spend a, a few minutes outside at lunchtime with a friend having a chat or even just walking to our next meeting. Um, we have offices that are split around the town. And so we have an opportunity to walk to those meetings instead of jumping in a car, you know, even if we need an umbrella. And what about the, the lunch break? Have you, have you managed to encourage people not to have be fixed to their desk and rushing their sandwiches? <laughs> it's really difficult because I think actually lunch breaks are frowned upon in offices quite often and uh, not in mine. Um, I'm very fortunate that we're encouraged to take our breaks because they're hugely important to us. But I know that other people don't perhaps have that luxury of a um, sort of a culture where breaks are encouraged um but th- those breaks are hugely important getting getting out in your lunch break getting some fresh air even if you still have to sit at your desk and eat your sandwiches um you can go for a walk around the block you can um go and sit uh, on a picnic blanket and uh, have your break there or even just have a chat with some friends right outside the front door of your office building it's got to be better than still looking at that computer screen um, I think we've got into a bit of a dangerous position in society where we want everything immediately. We expect replies to emails to be absolutely instantaneous. I don't know about you, but um, I often get emails from people an hour after I had an email from someone saying, why haven't you replied yet? And I find it the most frustrating thing because we do. We expect everything immediately. Um, and actually that sort of half an hour, 40 minutes that you take at lunch away from your computer and your telephone and everything else i think it's it's the best thing you can do for your afternoon productivity certainly when do you think it all started to go wrong oh i don't know 
it's uh, I'm no I'm no scientist or business analyst or anything like that but uh, I find that uh, in certainly in large organizations it's expected of you that you will uh, you will just work 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 and it's actually it's probably not even top-down stuff it's it's peer-to-peer stuff it's um i need to do my work faster than them because then i might get a raise and they won't or it might be i've got a quota to me um but i'm not as quick as that person so i need to stay longer or it 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 could be that you're a teacher and you're on lunchtime duty or it, it could be all sorts of things um that make it really difficult to feel like you're allowed to go out at lunchtime and that's just it's really difficult to get out of that um, habit, if you like. And that's why um, setting a challenge like uh, one hour outside or 15 minutes outside or whatever it is um, makes you accountable to yourself and means that you'll um, be a little bit stricter with yourself and go and do that. Um, I actually run the campaign, uh, just call it a campaign, I actually uh, run one hour outside every November because November's a horrible month. It's dark, it's normally wet it's certainly cold the ground is slushy and muddy and horrible and uh, the evenings are very very short in fact quite often you're going to work in the dark and you're coming home in the dark and I know I'm not the only one that faces that Um, and so specifically November is a good month to challenge yourself because you might uh, if you can do it in November you can do it any month of the year surely Um, and so I, I say to anybody that's struggling with a lunch break is is um, is to challenge yourself. Maybe it's only 10 minutes um, and then you get 10 minutes before work and 10 minutes after work. Wow, that's half an hour. That, that adds up really quick. You know, it doesn't have to be an entire hour all at once. It can be split up. And, and what's the response been? You've been doing what, for four years, you say now? So uh, I presume, like everything else, it's had a slow growth. But uh, have you noticed any sort of spurts in, in interest or acknowledgement? Yeah, I reckon so. I think uh, social media certainly helps with this sort of thing, doesn't it? Because it means you can reach people who are interested in what you've got to say. Um, I'm fortunate that um, uh, I enjoy engaging with people on social media. So I'm, I'm. If, if, if you can't find me, I'm on Twitter. Um, I, I love to chat on there because I, I've really made some excellent friends and acquaintances, and um, and uh, I've really found that this idea of spending more time outside is actually um people are talking about it and so introducing things like one hour outside on there where i encourage people to show me where they've spent their one hour outside today um and it's really fantastic to see regular people doing that you know um i you know they're my regulars they're people who will tell me every day oh this is the sunrise i saw today or this is the bike ride i did or this is the canal i walked alongside today or hey look i went out for a walk from work today and i found a I've never seen before um, who knew that was there you know it's, it's things like that which um, they encourage me as well because it's my challenge I'm not very good at it every single day I try um, and so when I see people say um, oh yeah I got the bike out for the first time in ages today and I had a ride and it was really fantastic and it cleared my head and um, or it might be that I haven't seen this friend for a long time so rather than uh, Um, inviting them round to my house and sit in the lounge we went for a walk um, or we met in the park for a coffee Um, I I just find that really helpful to me and so hopefully other people find it helpful to them too You're listening to The Outdoors Station Award winning producers of podcasts to inform, inspire, entertain and encourage people to enjoy a healthy outdoors lifestyle 
There's certainly been a lot of research, hasn't there, recently about 15 minutes outside each day increases uh, your, the benefits to your, to your heart and your health generally. So have you noticed in yourself any changes in your own sort of level of fitness or endurance? I know you're fairly outdoorsy anyway, <laughs> but have you noticed anything? I, I reckon the, the biggest benefit to me personally has been in my uh, stress levels, in my ability to make decisions, um, in uh, being able to switch off and have a clear head. Um, and I think from that point of view, it's been absolutely invaluable. Um, I am quite outdoorsy. I do love a good hike. Um, I'm no endurance athlete. I certainly wouldn't make the Olympics in anything. Um, but I, I don't feel that it's necessarily helped my fitness increase, but it certainly kept it. Because even when I'm having a particularly busy time at work, I, you know, I still go out for my walks and I still enjoy a little bimble around the park or whatever it is, or, or maybe a walk to work in the morning if I, you know, if I know I've got a very busy day coming up. Um, but yeah, it's it's those things, you know, keeping the anxious thoughts at bay, uh, reducing the levels of stress, or or even just working through a problem. You know, something at home or at work is bothering you. Something you're finding difficult. You're not quite sure what to do about something. Actually, taking yourself away from that and having a think about it somewhere else in a different situation on the top of a hill with an amazing view would be wonderful. But even just on the bench outside your front door. Um, actually it helps you work through things and I for me that's definitely been the biggest benefit. I'm finding when I do something like that the other thing which is probably strikes me most importantly is that I'm not surrounded by all the other distractions or jobs I feel I should be doing so as you say when you go for a walk or get out of your familiar surroundings then a different sort of thought pattern takes over. Absolutely and it's there you're right there is a lot of research to say that um being in the trees so the Japanese call it forest bathing you know it's it's that sort of um away from the computer screen like you say away from whatever stuff other stuff's going on oh I'll just do the washing up I'll just do the ironing or I'll uh, just send that email whatever whatever it is that you can't do those things when you're out on a walk um or when you're out on a bike ride or whatever it is you your thoughts are allowed to just go um, it's a form of meditation in a lot of ways, um, especially if you're in a new place, um, because your eyes are seeing a lot of things and there might be a, a view that inspires you or there might be um, a change in temperature that makes you sort of shudder or there, there'll be other things, more natural things, that um, affect your body and affect your mind where you wouldn't have got those if you stayed indoors and you wouldn't have got those if you sat at your computer screen or just watched the telly because um, the thoughts especially when you're watching the television, are bombarded with so much other stuff that you're not allowed to think. And, we, you know, in that sense, we forget what thinking really is. Um, and we don't necessarily allow our minds to clear as much. But when we're out and about, when we're wandering, or even, even if we are chatting to a friend at the same time, the chances are you'll just end up with that, that sort of thought pattern that you sort of, the mind just doesn't empty it would be nice if it did but it it clears it it becomes clearer and uh, yeah making those decisions or whatever it is um yeah they happen without you even realizing sometimes mm, i was talking to somebody not so long back and they were saying that the um the ability to well it's i suppose it's all about stillness and oneness and and centralizing and all the rest of it but the ability to have nothing to distract you and allow your mind to open up um, I remember speaking to Katie Tun actually, um, huh? when we were talking about her 40 Days, 40 Nights, 
and she was saying that after, uh, I can't remember what it was, the first week or first couple of weeks and she was um, out on the island, that all of a sudden she found herself being much more creative. It suddenly hit her like a wave. And I think we're probably surrounded and uh, have the assumption that there's always, as I say, something that you could do, something you need to do. When you don't have anything to do, then your mind goes in, into a different gear. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing, really, when you give yourself that opportunity. Um, you're right, it's, uh, there is always something that either needs to be done or you feel like you should be doing, um, especially at home. Um, I don't know about you, but every room in my house still needs decorating and the washing up is probably still on the side and there's certainly ironing to be done. And uh, there's, it's almost like you feel guilty for having a break when you're in that sort of situation and then at work well you certainly feel guilty for having a break there because they're paying you to do a job so you have to do it don't you yeah, apart um, from that one hour apart of from that one hour at lunchtime where you know if you check your contract you're probably not paid for that but I'll leave that with you to check with your bosses um but yeah so I, th- I think you're absolutely right heading out um taking yourself away from those things means that you don't have any choice you can't do them so you end up naturally falling into a rhythm or finding other things to think about and look at. One thing from speaking from personal experience, uh, many years ago there was um, a change in our family, uh, there was death in our family, and so on Christmas Day we decided to take our, I think they were about eight or nine um, year old girls, uh, on up to Penavan. And so and we actually started a, a tradition of our own. And for 15 years we walked up Penavan every Christmas Day, no matter what the weather was. And apart from the stillness and, and the, the change of environment, I found it as a family, it gave us a fantastic um, few hours to engage and understand where we'd been for the last 12 months and what we were thinking about the next 12 months. So there's a, there's a bigger aspect to it as well as family engagement. You're absolutely right. And I think um, using things like that, um, sad things, happy things, you know, as an opportunity to start traditions or do things together, whether it be with your family or whether it be with a group of friends or even on your own, having an opportunity to spend some alone time, um, which can be equally as important. Um, and doing that as a routine, I think, does help us as human beings. Um, we're, we're not designed to be stuck in walls and under fluorescent tubes and um, sat in front of blue light computer screens. We're designed to be out in the open, um, to be moving around, to uh, feel fresh air, to smell smells, to feel temperatures, which we don't get with air-conditioned offices um, or even air-conditioned homes these days. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. I think um, spending time together as a family outside, um, doing things regularly forming habits, using them as opportunities to chat about hopes and dreams or about things gone by, memories. All of, the, all of those things can only be good for our souls. Um, I, I often say that um, my soul grows when I see a big view um, and I think that's, that's true for me. It, it makes me grow as a person when I see an amazing vista. For other people it might be when they uh, swim in particularly cold water which is supposed to be very good for us or it might be that they've uh, gone on a run that was longer than they've ever run before that that might mean they grow um, and so for me that that sort of one hour outside thing is just those little baby steps towards um, changing ourselves as people and finding out where we're supposed to be really. So here you are now several years into this um, 
I dare I say, campaign. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, this, this concept, where do you feel it's going at the moment? Where do you think the next four years is going to take you and your audience? Oh, I wish I knew that. <laughs> I, I don't know. For, for me, I'm quite happy plodding along in my own normal little world, trying to encourage myself and other people to spend that little bit of time outside each day because I really feel strongly that it's, it's good for us. It's, um, it's good for the way uh, we think and it's good for the way we are as people. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I'm just going to keep, uh, keep plugging it there, to keep getting it out on social media, hoping that other people see it and find it and um, make it their own personal challenge. Um, because it's got to be that it's got to be a personal thing hasn't it if we're trying to change or um, if, if we're trying to sort of develop our own new habits um, whether it be walking to work each day whether it be taking the kids to the swings on a Thursday afternoon whatever it is um, it's got to be a personal thing um, but yeah I'd love to make it massive obviously I, mean, I don't know t-shirts and mugs and all sorts it could be amazing but actually it really is just about that personal um, engagement and challenge and um, just trying to be a good example I guess. I know through Ordnance Survey you've been to a few of the get outdoors gatherings, social <laughs> yes. gatherings and uh, presentations I guess. How have you found the response from the audiences and when you've given talks? Yeah I've, I mean I've attended a few festivals now with Ordnance Survey um, sort of representing their get outside campaign and uh, I found mainly at those things that we've got an amazingly captive audience because if you're attending festivals you're probably already spending a lot of time outside you're probably already camping and you're probably already able to read a map or at least think you can which is enough sometimes um, so I, I guess at those sort of events it's really uh, an opportunity to solidify that belief and to learn about how other people have found um, their, you know how they found their love of the outdoors and that can be as much of a personal inspiration as it can be as an inspiration for other people in the room um, personally um, uh, my inspiration with the Get Outside campaign has been through meeting others like Katie Tun, uh, Ellie I think you had on here a few weeks ago um, who do amazing things in their normal life so whereas this is my normal their normal is very different and then there's other guys like uh, Sean Conway or Kenton Cool, whose normal is way beyond the scale of anything I could imagine you know Everest and uh, Le Jog and all these other things um, and it's actually about um, seeing that and using that for personal inspiration and uh, yeah knowing that we all play a part in each other's development and in that just trying to uh, do my bit to encourage people to spend more time outside because I you know it, it genuinely is a thing that's good for us um, and we really really shouldn't be sat down inside all day it's um, it leads to all sorts of issues um, and we can make little changes that yeah make our and other people's lives better um, just by spending that little bit of time outside I'm sure you agree everything Zoe tells us makes good sense. In my case, I'm currently flitting between my temporary office and the new studio building work, convincing myself as I do that living on the edge of town, I'm actually spending time outside. But am I really? And since our conversation a couple of weeks back, I've tried to walk the dog more, take time to pick the juicy blackberries which are appearing, and absorb the subtle changes in the seasons which are currently upon us. What about you? Is one hour outside part of your life? 
My thanks to Zoe for letting me share that one hour outside with her. Of course, all the shortcuts to her various social media hashtag one hour outside links can be found over on the podcast page on theoutdoorstation.co.uk. So until next time, folks, enjoy that hour outside and get some more balance back in your life. Take care out there and bye for now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear or see more from our extensive free library, please visit theoutdoorsstation.co.uk.